Oh, my pleasure. Great to be with you. Well, I wish it was under different circumstances, but here we are. Uh, five members of the 2018 World Junior Hockey Team have been told to surrender to London, Ontario Police. Uh, looks like to face charges of sexual assault. That's via the the Globe and Mail. So for you, I know due process uh, is part of this and it has to occur, but the timeline, does it really begin now in terms of, of finding out the facts that have not yet been made public? I would think so. Um, you have to imagine that once the actual charges are filed and the arrests are made, then then it would become public. Um, I, I imagine that, that the... Uh, you know the victim information, things like that, will still be uh, sheltered, but but the actual allegations should become public pretty soon. We sometimes, and you know, due process is a, a difficult thing. So when when we hear the five names, we jump to the conclusions that are all five are are specific and and involved in everything. Some of the things that will come out will be with the specific charges to individuals. Fair. Fair. But the one thing I would caution everybody is is we all think we know who the five names are because those have been the names that have uh, most publicly walked away from their teams. There's there's I would really I, I think this is is one of the few times in journalism that that being right certainly trumps uh, being quick, and and especially here where you're talking about uh, permanent lasting impact on the lives of a lot of different people i think i think we really need to be patient and see what what actually transpires because you know there's also the potential that some of these guys are witnesses or or other involved in other ways um so I, i just think patience is probably the best uh thing to do right now and it's also possible that some of those five names because of the world we live in and reasons why uh, people step away are different it it may be it's possible that that's not associated with this at all correct or it could be associated in a collateral way right um right. Uh, you know just to use um you know uh dylan dube as, a, as an example i mean I, I have no idea who's involved but you know he was the captain of that team and and for all we know you know perhaps he feels some responsibility at being the captain and maybe it's weight on him and mm-hmm. you know who who knows um, but I, I think it's it's very um, imprudent to uh, implicate people until there's actual charges. Yeah, very fair. We are joined by Josh Reines from the Hockey Writers. There's also at the center of this, and we don't talk about the individual much. We don't have a name. We would not use it even if we had it. Uh, but there's a victim here, and, and due process involves the victim as well. And I just wonder, and I don't know, and, and I'm very curious because this happened in 2018, which is, you know, that's several years ago. We're talking uh, coming up on six. Uh, but in April of 2022, the, the victim filed a lawsuit, Hockey Canada. It was settled, I think, a month later. Uh, then there was some pressure for an investigation to continue. From a timeline point of view, as a lawyer, is this something that looks typical to you? Or, or do you think that it, it took a long time to get here, what, six years later? Um. I think no two uh, sexual assault cases are really the same. Uh, the facts in all of them are very different. This investigation certainly has taken a more winding path than most. Um, it's not uncommon for there to be um, lawsuits associated, civil lawsuits associated with, with cases like this. 
uh, normally the criminal cases would be handled first and then the civil lawsuits, depending who the civil lawsuits are against. Um, I imagine in this case, the civil lawsuit was a, that, that settled was against Hockey Canada because they were uh, responsible for the event and everything that was going on. And um, based on that, uh, I understand why they did it at that time and settled it out when they did. But I, I can't um, – it, 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 normally the criminal would go first. Right. Do you um, – Josh, no comments on the record. People get upset about that, but that's that's kind of the play here, right? Like when you are involved in anything, saying something can be more dangerous than just acknowledging and saying nothing. Well, so if – if I were representing one of the players, I, I don't think there's any advantage at this point to making a comment um, at all. I, I don't think it's wise. As for the teams, you know, we're all at a disadvantage in the media because we have no idea what the teams know or don't know or uh, what the players have told their teams. And, and keep in mind that you know, if the players are having conversations, like in New Jersey, right? So if 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 one of the players in New Jersey uh, that's currently taking leave is sitting down with the general manager and talking to the general manager about, hey, this is what's going on, are they now making the general manager's witnesses and their teammates' witnesses? So if I were, you know, from the team aspect, I wouldn't want to know anything directly from the player anyway because you're putting yourself and you're putting the player in a very awkward position. Interesting, interesting. So uh, let's go outside of the, the, the what has occurred today and then talk about what we hope uh, from a general or wider uh, uh, point of view comes out of this. Josh Ryan is our guest from the Hockey Writers. You obviously know hockey well. You know the impact of Hockey Canada. You know how national teams are chosen uh, and all of the ins and outs. So is there can we get a general consensus and who would we like look to uh, if we're going to revamp or realign or realize something that is an improvement on what we have, where do you start, Josh? I, I think you have to start at the at the earliest levels of of hockey and, and development and and the national team programs. And I think you need to make a component of these programs education. Um, and and these kids, especially in Canada, more so than you know here in the U.S are you know our stars and household names get younger and younger um i mean how early do people know Connor bedard's name in canada right when he's 13 14 maybe younger yeah um so there's a big spotlight on them and i think in the age of social media that it's very important that these organizations take very seriously their responsibility to train these people and to equip them with with resources uh, so they understand their responsibility, and they understand, um, you know, how to how to acquit themselves in public and, and elsewhere. So uh, you write for the Hockey Writers, and that organization is uh, how many people write for the Hockey Writers? Jeez, oh, I don't know. I, there's about I know for the Devils, there's there's four or five of us that regularly write on the Devils. So you extrapolate, extrapolate that out. There's probably a hundred writers. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I know there's a lot of draft guys, but I wanted to ask you while I have you, if you don't mind, I didn't, sure. didn't pre-plan this, so I didn't I didn't warn you. But uh, Tom Fitzgerald um, is is back long term. 
Lindy Ruff back long term. They're talking uh, to, to Foley's agent. It seems to me this year is a lot about goaltending, and I I thought Halibut would be in New Jersey by now. Um, so is 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 this just an organization that is is you know taking the long play and specific years or months aren't important because I, I feel like in any other city there would have been a little more panic to get a goalie. Well, I think so. At the end of last season, I think the calculus for for Fitzgerald had to be: is he willing to risk years of Brat, uh, Meyer? Keisher and Jack's prime on a goalie situation that's sort of up in the air. And the, well, from everything we know, they reached out to uh, Winnipeg and, and I don't know if Winnipeg decided to pull Hellebuck back off the market and him and Shifley decided they were going to make a run for it and stay, or if the cost to get him was, was just too high. Um, And there really wasn't anything else out there this summer that I think would have been, a huge impact, but I think you're seeing now that uh, it's unsustainable um, to keep the situation that they have. And, and really he's going to have to figure out a solution, whether that is bringing in someone like Capo Kakinen just to uh, stabilize the year and then trying to upgrade over the summer, or it's, it's making a big play for, for one of the big names that are out there. It's pretty wild. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Devils. I have been for a long time because I like the way they do business. I, I just, I, I and I, the goaltending market is so poor right now, right? Like you just, you, you're not sure. And and I, I don't have a solution. I just, I thought New Jersey would have one by by, by now. Yeah, I think the, I think to me, the goaltending market is like relief pitchers in baseball, right? Like there's four or five that are guaranteed to be the guys that you want. And then everybody else, it seems like year to year, there's guys that get hot and then guys that aren't. And unless you can find a way to get and lock down one of those four or five, you're going to be scrambling, you know, it seems like year to year. Um, So I guess there's different ways to look at it and and how you build your team. But, you know, if I were them, I I would really consider if Soros is really available, I, I think you have to throw all your all your assets into that direction. Um, I think he's probably the best answer of anybody who's been rumored to be available. Josh, thanks so much for this. A hot potato. You handled it beautifully. Thank you. Appreciate your time, man. Have a great day.